Welcome to the podcast for Westside at Jesus Church. We are a family of missionary disciples in West Portland who believe the church is not a religious subculture, but the making of a new humanity. It's not a building or a weekend activity, but a community of multi-ethnic, multi-generational men and women living out the light, love, and hope of Jesus to the world around us. We hope this episode encourages and empowers you to love, learn, and live the way of Jesus as we pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Welcome to Westside. What a beautiful day it is to be with you guys today. My name is Weston. This is my wife, Jenny. We're both pastors here at Westside. Thank you for starting that, my daughter. I appreciate that. (laughs) Front row, best row. Uh, Hey, so welcome. Today, not only is it a beautiful sunny day, but today is also Alpha Sunday, everybody. So how many of you, by show of hands, have ever been through Alpha before? That's incredible, but it's also really exciting exciting because it means a lot of you can still go through Alpha with us. (laughs) It's so much fun, and we're going to talk more about that in a second. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Hey, but a couple things to know. Right off the bat, directly following this gathering, we are going to be having a family barbecue, everybody. So whether you remember it or not, like, oh, yeah, I was going to bring those cookies, wherever it is, like, don't worry about it, just come, all right? And so right afterwards, we'll head right out these doors, and then the day just begins. So hopefully you've invited somebody. If you haven't, text them right now. Say, hey, come join us for a barbecue after church. It's going to be amazing. A bunch of us have been... Um, smoking pork, sh- pork shoulder last couple days, getting it all ready. It smelled so good. It was good. incredible, and it yeah. even tasted good because you had to, you know, try it a little bit. Um, anyway, so that was super fun, but that's right after the gathering. Yeah, so, and with that, you guys, another great announcement coming up Friday night. All you ladies in the room, we are having another women's line dancing night. It will literally be a kick. So this oh is something that gosh, we are doing. Kick. I know, yeah. That's what you did. Yep, but there it is. Friday at 7 o'clock, $5 at the door. We're going to have food and then just do some dancing. If you don't like to dance, let me tell you, you should still come because the people watching is epic. <laughs> um, but <laughs> we just have a great time hanging out together. This is also an awesome space to invite a neighbor or somebody who would not normally come through the doors of a church. Just come in and say, hey, it's not super weird here, and I could have a good time. <laughs> super so, weird. Let's um, line dance. Yeah, let's line okay. dance together, you know? <laughs> Uh, it's a great connection piece, a great invitational piece. So we would love for you to come. Come join me. We're going to have a great time together. And you can sign up on the link right there so we know you're coming and we can order enough pizza. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Also happening this month, as Weston mentioned, it's Alpha Sunday, which means starting this month, all of our Alpha courses are getting going. So right. Monday night, starting September 19th, 6.30 p.m., gathered around a meal together first, free food, guys. Um, you can come and join us for Alpha. Bring someone along with you. We would love to have you, and that's starting on September 19th. Then on um, September 25th, Youth Alpha is starting. Great for high school age, right, Shelby? High school? 
Yep, high school age. So eighth through 12. Somebody was asking me that question in the last yeah. gathering, eighth grade through 12th eighth grade. Eighth through 12th. I knew there was one middle school caveat in there. I just Probably not couldn't. seventh through. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. That's, anyway. So that's perfect. So that's starting on the 25th. Also an incredible space to come and hang out together. And finally, on Thursday night, September the 29th, the Alpha Marriage Course is starting. Guys, I will tell you, Weston and I did the marriage course a little while back, mm -hmm. and it's like free counseling. It, was so it good. is so worthwhile. It was so good. It's done online actually over Zoom. So it's really easy if you have kids, but you just need a little tune up in uh, communication, which everybody does, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, it gives you that space to like get the kids settled for a minute, and that's going on at seven o'clock on Thursday nights. Um, I highly, highly recommend. We are going to be right at the table in the, the information space right after the gathering. And so if you have any questions about any of these things, you know, Westside is an alpha hub, which means we do this. Everywhere you look, you're going to see alpha stuff happening. If you have any questions, come chat with us. We'd love to fill you in on more details. Yeah, but before we get into the scriptures today, I really want you guys to know that I don't want us to view this as just like a one-off Sunday of Alpha Sunday or a break in between the series because... As we have been in and searching uh, the scriptures and asking the question, are we thirsty for more of the Holy Spirit? This Alpha is perfectly suited for walking and living in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not something that we just do when we come here on a Sunday, but we are actively working with the power of the Holy Spirit who draws men's heart to himself. Yeah. And Jesus intentionally left so that we could be filled with the Holy Spirit to continue the work that he started, that he came for, that he suffered for, that he died for, and that he is coming back for. Yeah. He left us an advocate, a guide with others in mind, with mm -hmm. that of our neighbor. Jesus knew that we needed the Holy Spirit just as he did to carry out that work um, for the life and the purpose that the Father sent for him to do and for us to partner in as his children. So I don't want you to miss this as we've wrestled with that question, are you thirsty for more of the Holy Spirit? Are we living as if we've been filled? We've taken time, we've received the Holy Spirit. Are we living out each week as we've been filled? Just the Sundays aren't an opportunity for us to come and that be the only day of the week where we're awake, alive, curious to what the Holy Spirit is doing or speaking. So Alpha Sundays aren't the only time in our life or our calendar year that we should be thinking about um, our neighbor, that we're awake and alive to the ways that the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding us in our neighborhoods and coffee shops and places like that for the lives of others. Because while conversion is the work of the Holy Spirit, and we're gonna take some time to unpack that a little bit more in a minute, the purpose of being filled directly relates to the partnership yeah. that we have with the Holy Spirit. Y'all with me? Yeah. Okay. Well, we're gonna open up our scriptures to Mark chapter four. If you need a Bible, um, there are people all around the room that can hand you one. If you don't have a Bible, this is yours to keep. It's not gonna be up on the screen, so pull out your app or your, um, or your own Bibles and grab one from someone here and turn to Mark chapter four. While you do that, I'm gonna go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you that you've drawn us this morning. We are here out of our need for you. We are longing to hear you speak and we are delighted to be your children. God, we pray for the things that you tell us today. We're curious and so we just invite you to come Holy Spirit, to open up our hearts and minds to what 
what you are speaking. And Lord, I just pray that you would fill us also with your spirit to do the work that you've called us to do. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, Mark chapter 4, looking down to verse 26 through 29. It says, He also said, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scattered seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts it to the sickle. He puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. Yeah, I think one of the things about this passage that I love the most is, is actually that the truth of the parable actually points specifically the truth of what it is to be on a path to following Jesus. Uh, it, it's, both, it's both mysterious and organic. It's mysterious because we can't exactly explain how the Holy Spirit draws people. And, and each experience is as unique as the person who is being drawn. But we do know that in 1 Corinthians 12, it says that no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit that draws people to Christ. And that's kind of a mystery to us. I mean, look down at verse 26. It says this, it says, uh, night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows. And I love this line, though he does not know how. I love that. There's this mystery to the Holy Spirit working. Yeah, there's a metaphor here for us about how we think about evangelism as well. It's that of a farmer. It gives us a little glimpse or glimmer of the garden again, of our creation purpose, of stewardship and work coupled with awe and wonder. Evangelism and our role in it is not flashy. It's not manipulative and it's not psychological ascent. It's simple and dependent as we recognize that it's only by the power of the Holy Spirit that we get to witness fruit. Yeah, one of the things we say a lot and it's just so true is that Alpha is perfectly designed to fail without the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. I mean, Alpha isn't flashy, it's food, a video, and a chat that's only effective to bring others to Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. And here's the crazy thing. Here's why it's a bit of a mystery, because it's really hard to actually explain how the Holy Spirit does that, how he exactly draws people, how he changes hearts and minds. We, we don't exactly know how. He just does. It's an extremely beautiful mystery. Yeah, the path to Jesus is mysterious, but it's also organic. It follows a natural path. It's about a relationship with people around you and the awareness of where they are at on their faith journey. Alpha is a chance for you to take that relationship that you have with someone who doesn't know Jesus or who's asking questions and take them a step deeper on their journey. You may be thinking of somebody right now who you know doesn't know Jesus. And you're thinking, look, there is no way I could invite them to Alpha. That is way too big of a jump. And I would tell you, 
How exciting. Yeah. I mean, it's super exciting, right? Because what's actually going on is that you're identifying where they're at on their journey and you are being willing to say, Holy Spirit, how are you going to work and move and, and, yeah. and how, what role can I play into that person's life? And that's the beautiful thing about it. I mean, the reality is that Alpha might not be that next step for the person that God has brought to your mind. But maybe the question isn't, should I invite them to Alpha? And instead the question should be, how can I help them on their journey to Jesus? And I think the first step to answering that question is actually to understand that there are five different thresholds or stages to a person's journey to Jesus. And when we look back at the passage in Mark, it, it talks about a process, right? It says, first the stock, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. And as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. We actually see stages of growth here. Yeah, and it's important for us to be aware of this process, to seek to love our non-Christian friends wisely and sensitively, adjusting to where they're at in their growth. Don Everts and Doug Shop wrote a book, I Once Was Lost, and in it, they talk about these five thresh thresholds on a person's journey to faith. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that struck me the most about um, these, these five thresholds is that the first step in someone beginning their faith journey or a journey toward Jesus involves them being able to trust a Christian. That's the first, first step. They move from distrust of Christians in general to a place of, oh, I know you and I can actually trust you. And it's something mysterious that happens in their own lives where they move from that place of distrust to trusting. Mm -hmm. And then instead of that, as they go along in relationship with you, they might be complacent to the fact that you're a Christian, but they do know it, to this aspect of curiosity. Something mysterious happens and they become curious about how it is that maybe the, the faith that you have could overlap or possibly affect their lives. Mm -hmm. And then the third stage is the stage of openness where you are completely closed off to change or feel like you are in control of your life and your destiny, and suddenly you realize maybe there's more to it than that. Mm -hmm. And I have more questions that I'd like to ask. And this is often the hardest stage, but one where people are at a place of deep need and will come to Alpha and begin those questions. They move from closed to change to open to change and then to that of seeking where they're not just meandering along, kind of just content to be in this stage of openness, but actually really wanting to know answers to some of the questions that they have. And then the final step of actually following Jesus is where they move into the kingdom. And this is the point where Jesus in the scriptures is talking about throwing the party for the one that was lost and now is found, where they have made that decision to say, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. That is a huge step. Yeah. And really the purpose of these five things right here, the purpose is, is of this tool is to take the person that God has brought to your mind or will bring to your mind and ask the question of where they are at on this journey and how can I, how can we um, be a part of that journey with them? And so we actually hold intention, right? This idea of that it's the Holy Spirit that draws people. It's the Holy Spirit that does this mysterious work of drawing people to himself mm -hmm. and glorifying King Jesus, absolutely. But then we also hold intention this idea that following Jesus is organic and there's a path and that we get to partner with the Holy Spirit to actually be a part of that walk with people. And it's a tension that's okay to hold. And actually this, 
the beauty of it is it doesn't always happen overnight. Right. It's a journey. And, and really, this should take a huge amount of pressure off of our shoulders because we don't necessarily have to take a person from being a stranger to a follower of Jesus in a conversation or in a three-minute, like, quick, the gospel in three minutes, go. Or an airplane ride, Or an airplane, right. Yeah, or, like. you, there's, it's a journey, <laughs> right? It's an absolute journey. Being an alpha church doesn't simply mean that we run alpha twice a year. And yeah. I don't know if you know, but, but we are an alpha hub. We run alphas all the time. But that doesn't mean, that's just not the simple address. Oh, yeah, we're an alpha church. That means we run it. No, being an alpha church implies that we, as the church, are living in our neighborhoods and interacting with our communities and our schools and our coffee shops and our workplaces and all of the things, right? With an alertness and an awareness to, to welcoming the interactions that we have with the people that the Holy Spirit is bringing into our life. I mean, maybe inviting that person to Alpha isn't the first step for you. Maybe your first step is being the Christian that they can trust. Maybe that's what God has placed you in their life for, to start that journey. I was talking to Tim the other day, and we, had, we were talking about this idea of what would it look like for you to begin a relationship with your neighbor and actually think, well, I don't actually know them very well, and maybe an invite to Alpha, like, like this coming Alpha and like on the 19th of this month, maybe too soon, but what would it look like if I begin to plan now for fall 2023 Alpha? What work would I have to do in my neighbor's life and in my community's life to begin to build a relationship where there would be a back and forth trust, where conversations about faith and life and purpose are already happening? And then an invite to Alpha is, is a very natural progression of that. Yeah. Now, I say all that, but there's also another thing that I want to hold in tension. And that is that the Holy Spirit may prompt you right now to invite somebody you've never met or that stranger, go invite them right now to Alpha. That's also the way that the spirit can work too, <laughs> yep. right? 100%. And sometimes you can like, oh, I don't even know who that is. So I feel the spirit saying, go, I'm gonna go, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna obey. I'm gonna hear and I'm gonna obey and I'm gonna invite that person. And there's this back and forth tension that we hold where the Holy Spirit is both mysterious, but it's also this organic, beautiful path that we get to be a part of. In fact, sometimes it takes several invites for somebody to come to Alpha. And at Alpha, we actually celebrate how many no's you receive. Absolutely. Like we count them out. How many no's? How many no's? Sometimes there's one, this one couple that we know, we've invited them maybe half a dozen times. They said no every time. We're not gonna stop though. We're just yeah. gonna keep inviting because I don't know how the Holy Spirit is working. I don't know what place they're at in their journey, but I wanna be faithful to do what God's put on our hearts to do. Well, and in what other area of your life, if you're wanting to pursue relationship with someone, do you say, hey, can you get together or come over for dinner this night? They say no, and you never ask them again. Yeah. Like, that's not the way relationship works. That's not the way you're going to build a relationship with someone. You keep asking, okay, what works for you? When, when could we? You make adjustments, and you recognize where they're at to make that point of connection to grow in relationship. Sounds a lot like home. What we're talking about here is simply living a life of hospitality, where we can share our lives and our stories and the difference that Jesus makes in our life, creating environments where we can do that. Hebrews 13 says, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. That word hospitality in Greek literally means love of stranger. And that's what Alpha is. At its simplest form, it's a conversation around a table once a week. It's a space to gather and to be known and be loved, to ask questions and be curious 
It's what Jesus did when he was on the earth. At its deepest, it's a way for us to be the church and practice loving the stranger, to open our doors to people who are looking for a place to belong, to be loved, to ask questions and be listened to, because love listens. At Alpha, we want to make a point of really coming curious and open. And we wanna do that as we approach the Holy Spirit as well. Curious and open to what he's speaking, to ways that he's prompting and leading and what he's saying. So we're gonna check out this video and then I have a couple of friends that I've invited to come and share their stories with you about Alpha and how, um, how it's affected them. So yeah. let's check out this video together first and then I'm gonna bring up my friends. Some things in the Bible are relevant today. Not all things because the world changes every day. I think it has some good lessons and some good history and good words to put out into the world. Uh, There's some lessons in there for sure. It's, it's written very majestically. Yeah, I think it's bull I don't really think so anymore. I'm iffy on the Bible because I know that it's been translated so many times. I do think that being good neighbors is um, is definitely relevant in this day and age. Historical track record of who God is and who Jesus is. But I think that finding like the faith within yourself is more important than reading a book that was written 2,000 years ago. A nice guy from the Middle East. Aw, that's a cool dude. He's a real person. I do not believe he was white or blonde or blue-eyed. <laughs> Like to me or just? My Lord and my Savior. I guess he's a character in the Bible. <laughs> he gets really mad when people are like, not cool. That's him, that's Jesus. In my mind, he was someone who had strong beliefs, was trying to do something good. The perfect example of what we should be, what we should strive to be. I think Jesus is somebody that gives people hope. But if what it is to be true, what he did. I mean, he was a great person. The faith that we might have in what a good human being is. You know, he's, he's the way that gets you there, right? Yes. Sometimes talking to friends and family or your therapist just isn't enough. <laughs> I, I tend to pray most when I feel desperate. I pray every day. Hardships definitely lead me to pray. It's funny, God, that I only come to you when I do something wrong. Do not pray to a God that does not hear me. Tough times, mostly. Um, it, gets, it gets frustrating when you pray and nothing does happen. I told you I'm iffy, so if he's out there, I'll try anything. I pray, often. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't pray anymore, unfortunately. 
what was your thought process when creating like bugs? <laughs> First of all, I would have several questions for God. <laughs> I'd be like, do you have more time? Why can't we all just coexist? But it, what, what is what is with the the narcissism and the wars and and all the conflict? Like, why is empathy not easy to access? I feel like New Yorkers do this thing where they just look up and they go, you know, like, why, why now? Where have you been? If there is anybody there that's listening, um, can you give me some sort of indication? that everything's gonna be fine. Love, yeah. Connection, whether it's to yourself or to a thing or a passion. I think interaction, it's to belong to something. Something, a little thing, a dog loving you, that's enough, you know? Um, to be seen, to be held. Yeah, I think she, yeah, I agree with her. I think belonging. Yeah. Connection. Compassion, empathy, love. To feel understood, to feel heard. Love. I think it's love. So I think we search for that in so many different things. And once we find that, it's just a beautiful thing. I don't know. So when I when I watch a video like that, and I've seen that one several times, like so that video was made post COVID, post quarantine. Those are questions that are being asked right now in our culture, in our community, and maybe those are questions and answers that you're asking and giving right now. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're like, that's that's actually what I've been thinking about. Maybe you're here and you're like, actually, there's. I talked to my neighbor and he had some of those. Invite him to Alpha. But if you're out here and you're just like, that's that's actually where I'm at. Maybe you should come and join us at Alpha. It's a beautiful space to just ask them those questions and to, and to hear and to understand where other people are at too. It's so beautiful. There's such, there's such a need uh, for answers. Mm -hmm. And a space to listen and yeah. a space to ask questions. You know, David Augsburger said, being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person, they're almost indistinguishable. Almost indistinguishable. Being heard is so close to being loved. And as we, the church, want to demonstrate love to our neighbors and friends, to one another, it starts with just having an attitude of listening, of creating spaces to listen, to ask questions, to explore. And we try to do that at Alpha. And so as promised, I have brought some of my friends here who have gone through Alpha, some of them more than I have, to just share what some of their experiences have been like um, and fruit that they've seen um, and just ways that it was challenging for them, but also encouraging for them. So we're going to start off with you, Eric. Okay, okay Eric's been a long time super volunteer here at Westside. You see him all over the place. Um, but for me, it's been awesome to do Alpha with him this last season and get to know him a little bit more. And so I just asked Eric, okay, ballpark, how many times have you done Alpha? Can you tell us? Four or five. Four or five, okay. But not all of them you've done here at Westside, right? No, some of them uh, we actually did in my workplace. Okay, yeah. so you did one like at your business. Yes. Little known fact, <laughs> Alpha just can't, isn't just run inside of uh, churches. It's also run 
and prisons and homes and coffee shops and pubs all over the place. Um, it makes a great space for conversation. All right, so as a business owner and a follower of Jesus, why is Alpha a tool that you've chosen to use or participate in? Uh, for me, I've got a backup um, yeah. before I even discovered Alpha. And uh, being fully transparent, um, I felt like God was really lucky to have me as a used car salesman on his team because <laughs> I could really go out there and <laughs> sell who Jesus was. Put me in, coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, I had to spend some time realizing that this was not about me selling mm. Jesus, that this was about listening, about stopping and seeing where people are. And, um, in, and as I saw God working, as I saw the Spirit leading, being able to step in and invite and then just watch God do amazing things. And so um, with that preface, I discovered Alpha and I started to watch the videos and I was like, wow, okay, this is not like the cheesy Christian videos of yesterday. These are really amazing. And so um, I was encouraged and I thought, I'm gonna do this in my work. I mean, wow. what better place? Um, in a used car dealership, you know, to, to bring people together. And yeah. so uh, I did. We, in, we invited uh, people, and we had a group of uh, 12 people mm -hmm. come together. Wow, that's so bold. And so wh what was some of the fruit of that that you saw? Yeah, well, it was, it was scary. I mean, the first thing that we had to get out was um, no matter where you're coming from and where you leave, what you believe is not going to affect your job here. <laughs> so, great. That's a great um, disclaimer. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we began our journey through yeah. watching videos and just eating together, and uh, that was amazing. And then in the end, uh, 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 chatting about some questions based on what we believed and where we had come from, and we were all from such different past. Some believed in God, some didn't. Yeah. And uh, just such varying economic backgrounds. And so it was, uh, it was beautiful to be able to just share openly. Um, so uh, fast forward, we, we went through the process of, um, of being together course, yeah. Yeah, for eight or nine weeks. And then, um, I, to be honest, I was, I was saddened. I was like, okay, this is over, now where? And it felt like it was kind of like, it was good, but what now? Yeah, wasn't what you're expecting at the end. Yeah, 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 exactly. So uh, one of the gentlemen in this group, uh, we call him Big Tony. He was our parts guy, amazing guy, but kind of difficult in the group. He yeah. was. Uh, he came and he was very doubtful. Uh, lots of questions that I'm like, oh man, God, I'm not sure how we're gonna work through this, yeah. but it wasn't my job I figured out to even work through it. Uh, it, it God was working in him. Mm -hmm. And so um, with that kind of like spirit of like, what did this end up? Um, it wasn't going to be till about three years later when Tony came back in to uh, connect with me and do a job, a short-term job, that um, Tony pulled me aside and said, hey, can I talk with you? And I said, sure. And so he said, you know, Eric, um, I know I was a pain in the rear in that <laughs> alpha group, but um, I've run into some really hard times uh, in the past year. And what's happened is um, I returned. I looked back to what I remember in alpha, and I started to connect with who God was and what alpha and what you were talking about. 
And um, today I just want you to know that I have made Jesus king of my life and I love him. So I love what you and Weston are saying. It's, it's a lead of the spirit and it doesn't happen overnight. And, and it, it was teaching me a lot too. Wow. I'm just amazing. waiting on God. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you, Eric. That's so cool. Uh, Tim, Brubaker. So Tim and I, we got to know each other a little bit, going to Scotland together. Tim's awesome. Um, also, Tim, you joined Alpha with us this last spring, and it was the, your first time going through it. What led you to join us? Yeah, well, I stood on this stage six months ago and shared how one of the blessings of the new life that God has given me is that I have closer relationships with my grown children. And my youngest, uh, we were talking one day, and he was complaining about his friends. They seemed shallow. They were just into video games and partying. And, and he had a mentor at work who said, dude, you got to get in a group of people who are going to challenge you and lift you up as a person. He's talking about this, and it's like the Holy Spirit, bing. And I said, I said, hey, you know, we do this thing called Alpha. Uh, let's do an experimenting community. Let's go to this place where we have dinner and a conversation and just talk with people about things that matter. And he said, yeah, I'll try that. <laughs> so we went. <laughs> so, you're, so you came with your son in the spring. So what was that like sitting through all nine weeks with your son there and kind of just thinking and um, imagine you were watching it and listening to it from his perspective, or at least trying to put yourself in his shoes. Like, how was that experience for you walking through it with him? I felt tremendous gratitude that he was so well cared for. He came through those doors, sat in this garage right over there with our little living room set up, and he was welcomed and, and he was heard and he was accepted for who he is in his journey, just apart from me. And I, it was a beautiful thing to see him engaging with fellow seekers and with longtime followers of Jesus that he wasn't related to. And I, I was impressed with how he jumped in and not very many weeks went by until he emerged as a leader in our group yeah. and he was uh, making sure that other people were heard and understood mm -hmm. and valued. And in a, in a good way, I was really proud of my son. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Well, as, as you do a course like that with your son, I imagine you had some things that you expected to happen, and then I imagine there are some things that were unexpected that happened. Could you speak to some of that? Oh, well, just uh, the, the main thing was I was really surprised when they started talking about the weekend away, oh. and in my mind, I'm starting to catalog my excuses for why I can't go, <laughs> and, and, and he says to me, well, Dad, we're going, right? <laughs> okay, we're going. Yeah. <laughs> and we did go to the weekend away, and it was a tremendous experience. He really jumped in and engaged deeply. Mm. He prayed with his alpha leaders, and that's kind of beyond where we've been. I, I haven't prayed with him to this point, but uh, I was hoping that he would engage with believers and seekers, and I saw him engaging with Jesus, yeah. and that was, that was beautiful. It's yeah. incredible, thank so you so cool. much, yeah. All right, so this is my friend Tara, and Tara is here um, with uh, just a story actually that you were sharing with me just the other day about how you were interacting with a friend that really illustrates this idea of just like 
sowing seeds in relationship. Would you share that with us? Yeah, absolutely. So I have this lovely friend who is not a believer, and she's just really full of joy and, and excitement for life. Um, and we had this deep moment that was kind of unexpected. We're, we're in a newer friendship. And so we were sitting there chatting about, you know, living in Portland. And she said, you know, I've been struggling a lot because when the people around me are having um, a lot of difficulties with feeling, you know, a lack of hope or just angst in living in Portland and just some of the attitudes that are here, she's like, it's really hard and it really gets me down. Mm -hmm. And um, I was just sitting there and I said, all of a sudden, my, just my spirit was just telling me, the Holy Spirit was saying, you need to lean into this. And just like I would speak to any of my church friends, I said, you know, I need to be the same person that I am at church as I am out in the world. And so I just said, hey, you know, when I feel like I need, um, you know, to have somebody to rely on and hope, I place that hope in Jesus because he's the same no matter what the situation. Like he, he, it doesn't matter what's going on down the street. It doesn't matter what's going on in my best friend because Jesus is the same today as he is tomorrow and yeah. he's gonna show up for me. Yeah. And so we had this crazy moment where I got to just say that to her and she said, oh, I've, I've never heard about that. And then I said, yeah. It's pretty cool, huh? <laughs> but then you fast forward a few weeks and you're, you're living this kind of journey with, with a friend as friendships go. And, you know, I find myself sitting around a table with my husband and her and her husband and another couple and lo and behold, God gets brought up again. And so I just leaned into that again. And we started talking about the ways that the Lord has moved in our life. And for me, it was, you know, sharing some of the stories around um, some of the, the healing God did to bring my son into our life. Um, that's a cool story. You guys can ask me about another time. <laughs> um, and I was just boldly shared it. And she goes, you know, I feel like I need more God in my life. Mm. I was like, amen. Yeah, you do. <laughs> so I invited her to line dancing, obviously. Yes, <laughs> obviously. Obviously. That's the next step. That's the next I mean, step. I think, you yeah, know, I didn't in our journey identify. to Jesus, line dancing should be in there. Maybe that's like yeah. the sixth threshold. Maybe there's like one, two, three, four, five, and there's a sixth one is line dancing. Line dancing. Maybe. Who knew? I'll mm. write that into Probably Dawn not. and Doug. They'll really appreciate those notes yeah, from us. Add that to the next book. No, but seriously, Tara, like you, I think we can all relate to having those kinds of conversations with people where it's just like, oh, Portland's the worst right now, or oh, it's so hard, or something negative is said with a lack of hope. And you have a moment on yeah. whether to like give a testimony or share something. But I think just the warmth that you exude in conversation also plays a part in the way that you curate these beautiful spaces of a hospitality, albeit very natural, like a line dancing night. Um, but while we have yet to actually do an alpha course together, and that's not for lack of you inviting people. I know you tried. <laughs> for, we're my celebrating your nose four. right now. Four nose. Four nose. Yes. Four nose. That's my tally. <laughs> um, what are some ways that you have sought to practice hospitality and create environments that do like welcome the stranger? Well, for one, being a part of this rockin' church is pretty great. Um, you guys are so open to new ideas, like line dancing. Anyways. Um, but we, we started something called the Compassion Clinic here. Um, I'm a nurse, and that was just something that Weston and a team of, of Westsiders, we all kind of came together and put this free medical clinic to the community on. And we found that not only was it wonderful for people to receive care, but people who were volunteering, coming through our doors as experts in you know, dentistry, being a doctors, or even just 
anyone volunteering. Whether they were believers or not, they got to hear this incredible message of how Jesus, you know, Jesus followers can be the hands and feet of serving the community. Mm-hmm. And so that's been a really beautiful thing that's come out of this church. And then I think the other one would be our community groups. Um, I know in our community group, we really seek to try to be open, especially to people coming out of Alpha, maybe brand new believers, because well, one, I find their passion and excitement to just light up our group. And it brings so much um, newness and freshness through their eyes that it it just kind of restores each of us old crusty Christians. So, Sweet. yeah, yeah, it's That's great. Creating spaces where people feel welcome. Yep. I love that. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Tara. Appreciate that. <laughs> well, from one old crusty Christian to another, uh, no. <laughs> Tim. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, that wasn't scripted, but it was awesome. Uh, hey, so actually, Tim, uh, kind of closing this up here, like as our lead, um, and as and I know that we're going to be going into some vision conversations coming up in the next few weeks, but. One of the things I wanted you just to speak into a little bit, as we are an Alpha Hub, as we have been doing Alpha for years and years and years, how do you see Alpha fitting into the vision of this church kind of moving forward? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, as a crusty old Christian, uh, you know, one of the things... I'm a gal, thanks. Uh, one of the things that's really interesting, I think, no matter how you uh, frame it, uh, at the heart of the vision of this church is Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. That's We are a Jesus church. Uh, it's what we've always held to. It's what we've set inside, in front of us, kind of on our sights. I mean, honestly, that should be the vision of every church. Uh, but here we've just made like a point of saying like, this is, this is who we follow. This is who we want to be like. Uh, and so we're going to elevate him up. You know, we're just going to keep lifting him up. It's one of the reasons why we even did a series on the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit himself is constantly drawing our attention to Jesus, right? And there's a reason for that because Jesus is like, he's the center of our hope. Uh, he brings to us a life that we couldn't know apart from, uh, apart from him. He, mm-hmm. he fills our days with meaning and purpose. He brings us along in a journey. What's beautiful is he meets us where we are, and he's never content to leave us there. He always is moving us forward. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I think stands out to me about Alpha is I think about Alpha and then Jesus being at the center is that, like, Jesus is the center of Alpha, you know? Yeah. The content, all those videos, everything that's happening there is all pointing to, like, who is this Jesus person? Why do we follow him? How do we get to know him? It's all, that's what all the content is about. And then it's all done around a meal, which, I mean, if you guys know anything about Jesus and the scriptures, he's, like, literally always on his way from a meal, on his way to a meal, yeah. or he's at a meal. Yeah. I mean, Jesus <laughs> did so much of his conversing with some food in his hand. I'm almost sure of it. Uh, and it's because, like, hospitality is so important welcoming people in. It's, what, it's where family happens. Yeah. It's as we talk and do life together on this journey together that we become transformed more and more into his image. And I think that's, that's what I, I think part of the reason why Alpha is so central to our vision, why it is that we call ourselves an Alpha church and why we're gonna continue to step into this is because we believe that Jesus is the hope of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We really believe it. Yeah. And, and I'm not, we're not content as a church to simply kind of go through the motions. Yeah. Like we want that hope to be accessible to everybody. And we know it's difficult because obviously the church has got baggage and people are walking through difficulties and a lot of people want to hold religion and church at a distance. 
And so that's where this partnership comes in. That's where the hard work of being followers of Jesus comes in. We show what his loving, caring, hospitable heart looks like to this world. We create tables with space at them. And we just say, come join us. Come join us. And I think that's that's a part of my hope and and my um, excitement about the future for us here. Yeah, no, I love that so much. You know, this, the parable that we read today and many other parables like it in Scripture talk about um, the, and in our, actually in our pre-gather prayer this morning, we got this kind of a sense of a reoccurring theme of the harvest being ready. Like, it's ready, it's right now. And, but the, and, and with the Scripture talks about the harvest being ready, but the workers are few. You know, I love this idea of, of the fruit being ripe or the harvest being ready. Like even in the parable we read today, like it's like they wait until it's ripe and then, and then it's harvested. You know, Jenny, we bought some peaches the other day from Costco and within just a few days, they were really good and then they were bad. And there's like a window, right, of time of, of like, like when the Spirit says go now, you go. Now, all analogies break down and I'm not saying that if you don't talk to that person now, they're never gonna come into this to the kingdom, no, but there's something about the fact that there's a season of, of fruit being ripe. Yeah. And when the spirit calls, when he says go, when he says speak to that person, when he says invite that person, when he says bring Jesus into the conversation, you do it right now. Yeah. The harvest is ripe. I mean, the video itself showed our culture is, is in need and they're searching and they're looking. And, and what if we get to be those person? We, we are. It's so beautiful and Alpha is that tool for us to help you discover where your friends, neighbors, not where you are at on your journey to following Jesus. Yeah. So we're going to do that right now. If you would all stand with me. You have on your seats as you arrive today um, these cards that are a 21-day prayer card. We would love to invite you to join us in praying for what God has in store, the harvest that he has in store for our fall alpha season And on the front, it simply says 1102. You can set a timer on your phone every day so that we as a church can be praying together for the work that the Holy Spirit wants to do in Alpha. And 1102 is simply taken from that passage in Luke where Jesus says, when you pray, say, Father, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. And so we're gonna pray for the kingdom to come right now. Would you just open up your hands with me as a posture of listening and receiving? And we're gonna invite the Holy Spirit to come and just ask the Lord a couple questions as we listen. And the first question is, who, Lord? Who is on a process of a journey to faith that you are bringing to my mind right now? Come, Holy Spirit, come. And then similarly, we're just gonna invite the Holy Spirit to give us a little bit of the how. As he's given you a name of a person or two that you can be praying for, that you can be alert to how the Holy Spirit is moving or asking for further interactions. Let's just be curious right now and then say, how Holy Spirit, how can I take a next step with them in their journey to Jesus? Come Holy Spirit, come. Come. 